And welcome back to the Word Encounter, episode 119. Uh, yesterday it was kind of gloomy and gray as I look outside today. The sun is shining, it's bright, um, there's no clouds to be seen, so today's going to be a glorious day, as every day should be. And with that in mind, let's just invite the Lord to join us. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your awesomeness, Lord. And Father, we just invite you um, to come along with us, Father, and just instill your wisdom into us, Lord, as we go through your word. And we thank you for all that you've done. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, we concluded with uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 8 yesterday, so we're going to pick it up in chapter 9 today. And the title of this section uh, says, Enjoy Life Despite Death. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> Let's go. It says, everything is the same for everyone. There is one fate for the righteous and the wicked, for the good and the bad, for the clean and the unclean, for the one who sacrifices and the one who does not sacrifice, as it is for the good and also it is for the sinner. Okay. As it is for the one who takes an oath, so also for the one who fears an oath. This is an evil in all that is done under the sun. There's one fate for everyone. In addition, the hearts of people are full of evil, and madness is in their hearts. While they live, after they go to the dead, but there is hope for whoever is joined with all the living, since a live dog is better than a dead lion. <laughs> and so we have to exercise um, we have to exercise wisdom as we go through this life, because um, sometimes we allow our emotions to take over, and uh, we don't recognize that we're better alive than we are dead. But sometimes if our emotions get out of control, we can put ourselves in harm's way because we're not thinking. And so we've got to be very wary of that. We've got to be very careful about that. Uh, a lot of times with men in particular, they feel like their masculinity is somehow or sometimes being challenged, and therefore uh, we involve ourselves in situations that are unwise and we can get harmed. We can get greatly hurt by these things. And so, and if uh, you should involve yourself in something that, uh, uh, that basically results in your death, then you're good to nobody. And so we've gotta be wise while we live this life. So let's go on. It says in verse five, for the living know that they will die, but the dead don't know anything. <laughs> There's no longer a reward for them because the memory of them is forgotten. And so the word is saying, you know, once you're dead, you know, um, uh, that your rewards have ended. Now, we know that not to be true uh, for the saved. OK, we know that not to be true for the saved. But again, this is Solomon speaking without a knowledge of uh, God's plan for salvation. And so he's just trying to impart some wisdom in people <clears throat> so that they don't go out there and commit stupid acts and do stupid things. Verse six, their love their hate and their envy have already disappeared. He's talking about the dead. And there is no longer a portion for them in all that is done under the sun. And so, again, we need to be careful of our actions so that we don't involve ourselves in things that are going to put ourselves in harm's way. Life has enough challenges on its own. <laughs> we don't need to assist the dark side. We don't need to assist death in hastening our departure from this earth. Verse 7, go eat your bread with pleasure and drink your wine with a cheerful heart, for God has already accepted your works. 
So Solomon, again, is trying to impart, you know, just um, all work and no play is not good. All play and no work is not good. And so uh, we're after a balance of things. We have to recognize the times and the seasons, right? And so all work and no play will put you in an early grave. All play and no work will allow yourself to enter into the realm of poverty and not be able to afford to feed yourself or your family or be good to anybody. And so we have to be very careful with how we navigate this thing. And so we go on with verse 8. It says, let your clothes be all white all the time and never let oil be lacking um, on your head. In other words, enjoy the things of life. Enjoy life, this verse 9, enjoy life uh, with the wife you love all the days of your fleeting life, which has been given to you under the sun all your fleeting days. And it says, for that, it is, uh, for that is your portion in life and in your struggle under the sun. Enjoy your wife. Enjoy your spouse. You know, enjoy each other. <laughs> for that is your portion in life and your struggle under the sun. And so he's trying to say, you're going to have struggles. And so enjoy the good things in your life. Don't ignore them. Don't uh, uh, be absent from them. You know, indulge them. Now, again, everything's a balance, so we have to be careful in what we do. We can't get out of balance, then our whole life becomes out of kilter, and then it's not a good thing. So we go on to verse 10, and it says, <clears throat> whatever, your hands, whatever your hands find to do, do with all your strength, because there is no work, planning, knowledge, or wisdom in Sheol where you are going. <laughs> Again, Sheol is a type of death. Sometimes, you know, it can have a few meanings. Sometimes it's a type of hell. But this is a type of death that Solomon is referring to here. And so uh, uh, the next section says the limitations of wisdom. Okay, so wisdom has limitations. Well, in some cases it does. Verse 11, again, I saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift or the battle to the strong or bread um, to the wise or riches to the discerning or favor to the skillful. Rather, time and chance happen to all of them. So what Solomon is saying is that a lot of times things can be like a roll of the dice. We can be doing everything right and get bad results. We can be doing everything wrong and get good results. And so this is time and chance happen to all. So to everybody in life, you know, there's a time and a chance. Timing is critical. If you've ever uh, examined your life and just thought back on your life, you know, the, the little uh, various decisions that you make throughout a day could change the entire course of your life. And so when I met my spouse, you know, it was the little decisions that we made. I, I went to um, a party at somebody's house. I actually got dragged to the party in somebody's house because I didn't want to go. And so I said, okay, to honor them, we can go, but we're just going to stay for a few minutes, then we're going to leave and go somewhere else. And uh, so we went and we stayed and we were about to leave. And then in walks my future wife. And I didn't, you know, I didn't know it at that time, <laughs> but uh, that's what happened. Now, had that decision been slightly different, my entire life would be different. And so all these little thin threads, all these little decisions that we make along the way in life could change the entire course of our future. You see, so time, time and chance happen to all. Verse 13. 
It says, I have observed, uh, I have, excuse me, I have observed that this also is under the sun. And it is significant to me. Verse 14, there was a small city with a few men in it. A great king came against it, surrounded it, and built large siege works against it. Verse 15, now a poor wise man was found in the city, and he delivered the city by his wisdom. Yet no one remembered that poor man. Now, this stuck with Solomon. So he, he, rec- he observed something, that the city was about to go under from a siege by an enemy. But this one old wise man said, no, I don't think that's going to happen. And apparently he dispensed some wisdom to the city and he delivered the city. But nobody remembers him. See, And so that, that's the way of Solomon is saying <laughs> All is futile. Everything is futile. Nothing matters. You know? And so because he sees some of these things and he sees what he thinks is an injustice. You know, why don't they? They should have monuments built to, uh, towards this man. But they didn't. And so his conclusion is, well, what he did is not forgotten. So what, what difference does it make? Again, this is Solomon trying to rationalize things in his head. He hasn't come to his final conclusion yet. We are just in the midst of his conclusions. And so let's go on to, or I should say, we are in the midst of him uh, reaching his conclusions. So let's go on to chapter 10. And so uh, in chapter 10, it says, uh, the burden of folly. And so what is folly? Any Folly is like foolishness, foolish behavior, you know, just ridiculous antics and just stuff like that. First one, dead flies make a perfumer's oil ferment and stink so that a little folly outweighs wisdom and honor. That reminds me of Galatians chapter five, verse nine, where it says a little leaven leavens the whole lump. What is leaven? Leaven is, you know, yeast. And so you just use a little yeast and it makes the whole loaf rise. It makes all that dough rise. And so now that's a good thing when you're talking about baking bread, but it also applies to situations of, um, of wickedness and evil, just a little bit. All it takes is just a little bit. You know, you can have uh, 98% purity, 2% wickedness, and it wipes out the whole thing. So it says a little folly outweighs wisdom and honor. Or to say a little folly outweighs the results of wisdom and honor. And so you have to be on guard with regard to foolishness because you can be doing everything right. You could be acting in wise, in wise ways and um, knowledge and whatnot. And then you just briefly fall to a bout of wickedness or, or foolishness. And that can outweigh everything that you have accomplished in your life. You know, I've seen people, especially nowadays, where we have the Internet and it's like a, a, a public bullhorn and you can blast out anything at any time. You know, somebody could be righteous all the days of their life, do good, have one fall, and it wipes out everything that they've done. Verse 4, it says, If the ruler's anger rises against you, don't leave your post, for calmness puts great offenses to rest. Now, I don't have that highlighted, but I should have it highlight, uh, highlighted. Calmness is interesting. When somebody is really upset and raging at you, if you don't participate in that rage, it actually for a time makes them angrier because you're not participating in this fight that they want to have. But ultimately, the result of that calmness puts those offenses to rest and that person's anger subsides. And so, 
Just think about that the next time you're tempted to enter into a verbal contest or argument or whatever. If you remain calm and cool, then that, eventually that person's anger is going to subside. Verse 10, it says, if the axe is dull and one does not sharpen it, and one does not sharpen its edge, then one must exert more strength. However, if advantage of wisdom, if the advantage of wisdom is that it brings success, I shouldn't say if, it says, however, the advantage of wisdom is that it brings success. So, you can take an axe that has a dull edge, and you can, you'll eventually cut down whatever it is you're trying to chop down. But it's going to take a whole lot of effort. Wisdom can show you how to get that tree chopped down with very little physical effort. And so wisdom always supersedes strength because it gives you strategies in order to accomplish the task at hand. Verse 18, because of laziness, the roof caves in. Because of neglect, hands the house, uh, because of neglect, hands the house leaks. And so what it's saying is, you know, if you're lazy and you don't do anything, then things around you will start to crumble because you haven't been paying attention to them. And that goes for relationships as well. You know, anything that you don't give attention to, anything that you don't tend to, anything that you don't give maintenance to is subject to break down on you. That could be physical things. It could be relationships. It could be your job, you know, whatever. And so you have to you have to, you know, exercise maintenance. You have to not be lazy in order to address uh, the important aspects in your life. And that goes uh, spiritually as well. And so we, we can't be lazy. Verse 20. It says, do not curse the king even in your thoughts and do not curse a rich person even in your bedroom for a bird uh, of the sky may carry the message and a winged creature may report the matter. You got to watch what you say. You got to watch what you think because God examines the heart. So you don't have to say anything malicious or nasty to anybody else. But if it lives in you, God knows about it. And so <clears throat> we cannot go about with these thoughts in our head because eventually we will give in to them. And so we, we have to guard our heart. We have to guard our minds with regard to dealing with other people. And um, because we don't want them to do the same thing to us. Right. We want to give them the same um, uh Give them the respect that they deserve with regard to our thoughts about them that we hope they give to us. Because, again, none of us is perfect. And so we can't uh, expect certain behaviors from other people um, and, 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 and come at them with regard to, even if just in our minds, with regard to their behavior, what they've done, and ignore all of the crap that we do. Let's go on to chapter 11. It says, invest in life. Well, that sounds like a good idea. Send your bread on the surface of the water, for after many days you may find it. Give a portion to seven or even to eight, for you don't know what disaster may happen on earth. Now, what is this? This is in, in reference to uh, essentially financial investments. You know, don't put all your eggs in one basket. You know, spread things around. You know, make sure that because you don't know what area may may fall. You don't know that this area may collapse, but this area may boom. And, and so you don't know. And so therefore, you need to protect yourself financially with regard to spreading things out. Then it says in verse six, 
In the morning, sow your seed so that in the evening you do not let uh, your hand rest because you don't know which will succeed, whether one or the other or both of them will be equally good. Sow your seed in the morning, har- harvest in the evening. You know, you can't, we can't be lazy about this, right? If we don't sow our seed, then we're not going to have anything to harvest. If we sow our seed, but we're too tired or lazy to harvest, then all of that crop will, will be destroyed. And so we have to be uh, strategic, we have to be consistent, and we have to be diligent in what we're doing so that we don't um, uh, end up in a situation that we're not going to appreciate. Verse 7, it says, light is sweet, and it is pleasing for the eyes to see the sun. Indeed, if someone lives many years, let him rejoice in all of them. Let him remember the days of darkness, since they will be many, and all that comes is futile. Okay, so what does this mean? So it means that as we're going through life, we have to recall Uh, the good times. We have to exploit the good times because the days of darkness will be many. See, the days of darkness are not going to be few. The days of darkness are going to be many. And we need to rejoice in the good times, in all of them. But, you know, there are some people that can't rejoice. They are so... Life has tied them up in so many knots that they just can't rejoice. They're always waiting for the next shoe to drop. They're, they're, they're always waiting. Even when they're in good times, they're just waiting and waiting and waiting for the next bad thing to occur. And so, therefore, they can't enjoy the times that they're in. Don't do that. Don't do that. Verse 9, rejoice, young person, while you are young, and let your heart be glad in the days of your youth. And walk in the ways, uh, and excuse me, and walk in the ways of your heart, and in the desire of your eyes. Whoa, wait a wait a minute. Well, let me keep reading. But know that for all these things, God will bring you to judgment. And so this is this, this can be kind of confusing, or at least it is to me a little bit. It says, "And walk in the ways of your heart, and in the desire of your eyes." Okay. In other words. You see something, and you you know your heart starts to palpitate. You know whatever. It's just you know you can indulge in it, you know, as long as it's not evil. You know you can indulge in it, but don't let it get out of control. Don't let it start to master you. Don't let it start to drive your decision making. But know that for all these things, God will bring you to judgment. And so, meaning that God will bring you to judgment and will evaluate you know, how you've done things and why you've done things. And he will be able to ascertain whether you let these things control you. In other words, whether you let these things become idols to you or whether you just partook of them, you know, uh, because, again, God has granted us things that allow us some pleasure in life. See, you know whether you're being directed and controlled or whether you're in control. I think most people know that. They may not like the answer, but I think they know it. Verse 10, it says, Remove sorrow from your heart and put away pain from your flesh because because youth and the prime of life are fleeting. Life goes 
like an instant. I remember when I was growing up, people used to say life goes fast. And I say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Life goes fast. Okay, Life goes fast. There's no time to have sorrow in your heart. Okay. And to have pain in your flesh. Because that takes away from the little time that we have to enjoy this thing that we call life. And so Solomon is saying, remove sorrow from your heart and put away pain from your flesh. Because youth in the prime of life are fleeting. They go fast, you know, particularly in your youth, <clears throat> you know. So exploit your youth. Don't, don't, don't get to a place and then look back and have regrets. And again, we're talking about staying consistent with the Word of God. I'm not talking about getting out there and doing evil things and following the flesh and, and following pleasures and doing wrong. No, I'm not talking about that. And Solomon's not talking about that. He's just saying, look, time is short. Take advantage. And let's go on to chapter 12. And it says, the twilight of life. Verse 1. So remember your creator in the days of your youth, before the days of adversity come and the years approach when you will say, I have no delight in them. Again, remember God in your youth. You young people out there who may be listening or watching this, remember God in the days of your youth. Before adversity comes, as you get older, and the years approach when you will say, I have no delight in them. In other words, when you get older and things become more difficult for you, you don't want to look back with regret. Okay? Don't let fear stand in the way. Verse 3, on that day when the guardians of the house tremble and the strong men stoop, the women who grind grain cease because they are few, and the ones who watch uh, through the windows see dimly. In other words, these are some attributes of getting older. Then it says, and the dust returns to the earth as it once was, and the spirit returns to God who gave it. So this is talking about a person, you know, this is analogies to the life of a person, and that spirit returns to God who gave it means that that person has now died. You know. <clears throat> and so, again, we want to take advantage of our youth, those of us that still have it, you know. And it says in verse, uh, verse 8, uh, absolute futility, says the teacher, everything is futile. And so, so this is, you know, Solomon's teachings trying to uh, elevate the importance of taking advantage of the time that you have on this earth. And then it says in the next se- uh, section, the teacher's objectives and conclusions. And so these are Solomon's conclusions. So we've gone through all of Ecclesiastes and Solomon is going to conclude certain things. And he says, in addition to the teacher being a wise man, he constantly taught the people knowledge. He weighed, explored, and arranged many proverbs. Verse 10, the teacher sought to find delightful sayings and write words of truth accurately. The sayings of the wise are like cattle prods, and those from masters of collections are like firmly embedded nails. The sayings are given by one shepherd. And so Solomon is essentially telling his students, telling us, These things that I've collected are given by one shepherd. He's referring to God. God is working through Solomon. And he says in verse 13, when all has been heard, the conclusions of the matter is this. And so this is his conclusion after everything we've been through in Ecclesiastes and Proverbs. Fear God and keep his commands because this is for all humanity. For God will bring every act to judgment, including every hidden thing, whether good or evil. 
those are his conclusions. Everything that we've been through in, his, in the book of Proverbs and the book of Ecclesiastes, he says, fear God and keep his commands because this is for all humanity. For God will bring every act to judgment, including every hidden thing, whether good or evil. And that is the legacy that Solomon wants to leave with us. And I happen to agree with him. Fear God and keep his commands because they are for our best interest. And this is for all humanity. Fear God and keep his commands. For God will bring every act to judgment. Everything that you say, everything that you do, everything that resides in your heart will be brought to judgment, including every hidden thing. Again, that's everything in our hearts, whether good or evil. That's a sobering thought. Very sobering. And with that, we have concluded uh, the book of Ecclesiastes, and we will enter the Song of Songs, or sometimes called the Song of Solomon, the book of the Song of Solomon, tomorrow. Everybody have a blessed day and take care. Bye-bye.